It's our two Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, and the Hall of Fame voice of your Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, is here as well. Trevion Berklin wearing his upside-down MTV logo New York City hoodie. Our phone number is 537-1350. Give us a call if you want to talk K-State hoops. Your thoughts on the Cats, who are now 3-0 in Big 12 play. First time they have started 3-0 in the conference in 10 years. That's something. And if they if they win tomorrow, it would be the same thing because that team, uh, the first year under Bruce Weber, won the Big Twelve Championship, started four and Five and I don't know how long that's been, but uh, I've seen some numbers uh, tweeted out here, Wyatt. Uh, well, really, just facts. Really, this came from ESPN. K State with now being ranked 11th in the country after being outside the top 25 last week, first team to move from unranked to number 11 or higher in January or later since Wake Forest jumped to number nine in the final poll of 76-77. My goodness, that is impressive. It was an amazing week. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you think back to the New Year's Eve game where they were down 17-3 to early to West Virginia, come back, find a way to win the ball game, 82-76, and then you go out onto the road and play the number six team in Texas who had been 9-0 and at the Moody Center. And Baylor, who, <laughs> although the fact that they lost in the midweek game at home to TCU in the last waning seconds by a couple of points, uh, they had won 13 in a row at home prior to that. So they do not lose at the Farrell Center very often. And to go in there and win a third overtime game of the year, um, the, the way they did that 97-95 was really impressive. And you know that I know Marquise is getting a lot of headlines, and and clearly, 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 deservedly so. I think last count, he's been three or four times just today National Player of the Week, um, and <laughs> you get to adding it up on the trip. He and Keontae Johnson scored 120 points in those two games. That's that's just mind blowing, right? But it was more than that. I mean, you think about. Bebe and filling in for David Gasson. You think about Ish Masood and what he did. I, I really think one of the most underrated players on this basketball team is Desi Sills in terms of what he does and how he does it. Um, I, I, Naquan is, has just gotten better. How about Cam Carter at Texas? I mean, it just you just keep going. I remember Coach Tang saying to me at one point, it's great to have you know, Keese and Key doing what they're doing, but we need other guys to step up. And and I think during this particular week that they made such a big jump, it wasn't just one guy that jumped in and helped, it was several. K-State has to be the hottest team in America right now. <laughs> well, I mean, KU's the number two team in the country, and K-State is definitely the darling right now of the state of Kansas because they make that jump to number 11. It's been their it's their highest ranking since the last week of the regular season in 2013 when that team was number 9 in the country and that was uh that was heading into that Oklahoma State game to win the Big 12 championship. Ended up losing. Luckily KU lost at Baylor so they shared the title. But he, here is where K-State stands statistically right now in the conference because they've played just 3 games in Big 12 play but they have been doing it in a very high scoring fashion. Right now, K-State's offense is averaging 98.3 points per game in the three games. Baylor is second best, 17 points less than the Cats. However, 
The defense is allowing 91 points per game, but hey, if you're winning points or winning these Big 12 games by seven points a game, uh, you'll take it. Even though the, the 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 defense hasn't been its best, that's for sure. They've given up a lot of points. But you're talking also about pretty high level offensive teams there, and and again, I think let's stress too, because so many guys are having a hand in this. You, you just you want to talk about offensive efficiency for just a moment. Let's take away the fact for just a second here that they beat the number six team and the number 19 team on the AP polls on the road last week. Mm -hmm. Okay. But think about it this way. When was the last time K-State went and played on the road back to back, won twice against anyone, and in doing so shot 61% the first night and 53% the next night? When's the last time that happened? I, I can't. That that'd take some digging to find that. I, yeah, there's. They also, I don't know where to begin. They also were thirteen of twenty three on three pointers, and thirty one of three thirty three at the foul line in Austin, and then come back against Baylor and go eighteen of twenty one at the free throw line, and they're eleven of twenty five from three. Yeah, shooting uh, thirty one for thirty three at the free throw line at Texas was uh, was the best in school history. It, yeah, it was yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah, you score the most points in school history. Yeah, that was a. I mean, one one sixteen to one oh three that final. I mean, oh my God, what an insane game that was! <laughs> and K State right now is shooting in those three games, shot fifty one point three percent, and that's the best clip in Big Twelve play. They were, let's see, they're hitting thirty three field goals a game. They are. Second best in shooting the three ball at forty one point five percent. KU is five percent better. Well, let me let me just say too again under the guise of of offensive efficiency, this just isn't three point shooting and foul shooting. Go look mm-hmm. up the paint points, points. K State has scored uh, here recently. More times than not, they're at forty ish or above points in the paint. That was the real key from my perspective in the Texas game that they were in attack mode right away. I mean, right away, getting to the glass, getting to the rim, finishing, and getting off to a good start where they, I mean, I'll I'll look here, but K-State led for 39 minutes and 12 seconds of the game in Austin. Yeah, they ran out to that big lead early, Yeah, and they were just kind of able to, Stay fifty fifty pretty much, or fifty yeah. stay even. Yeah, you know. Well, and and you have way. that fifty eight to forty lead at half, and you think, oh boy, okay, this this first segment before the first media timeout of the second half is going to be so important. Each team at that first media timeout scored fifteen points, so K State didn't gain anything, but they didn't lose anything either, yeah. and still had that kind of lead. That that was huge. Then, I mean, <laughs> the Baylor game. K-State led for 28 and a half minutes. But think about this. Eight ties, but 20 lead changes. Yeah, that was uh, – I was so I went to a, a Christmas uh, – family Christmas thing in Concordia. And I, I was able to hear the first half of the game. I was listening to you for the first half. I caught the second half on TV. But it seemed like they were just trading buckets mm-hmm. back and forth. There were like, what, 15 lead changes in the first half alone or something like that? I think it was 16, so yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> what was interesting about that was it, it was still back and forth. It was high scoring, but Baylor was kind of having an off day shooting the three. That's been a really good team with their three guards, uh, with Keontae George, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, of hitting the three ball. They're one of the 
best three guards when it comes to a team and putting guards out on the floor than you'll find in the country. And Keontae George was, what, he finished 0 for 5 from 3? 0 for 5, and and, and Cryer was 0 for 3, so that's 0 for 8. So Flagler going 3 for 6 was a big deal. Kept them in the game, and he... He is such a talented guy. I, I thought K-State did an okay job defending him, and yet he was 8 of 15 and had 23 points in 33 and a half minutes. He's just so quality in everything he does on the offensive end. He just finds a way to, to make shots. You know, he's got the little step back or, you know, the crossover move. He can he can go with the left hand. I mean, he's really, really a talented player. Was it Flagler hit the corner three? Yeah. That basically sent the game to overtime? Yeah. That was a bit of a dagger, but K-State comes out in the first couple of minutes of overtime. Nobody Actually, scores. the three that sent it to overtime, I think, was Bridges. Oh, Bridges. I pardon on that. Yeah. Okay. And that was the first one he'd hit all night. But but Flagler hit a lot of shots in, in the, oh, I'll say the last five, six, seven minutes of regulation. And then, uh, I mean, here it is. I guess I'll, I'll just make my point here. K-State did not get to 40 on paint points against Baylor. Guess what they were? 38. 39. Oh, I was going to say 39. I was like, <laughs> one point short? But that wouldn't make sense. It would have to be 38. Yeah. yeah, and then they had 42 against Texas. So it really was you know, a, a pretty good week. And I guess if, if you're saying that people are concerned about the defense, I don't think K-State feels like they're finished getting better. And one of the things that Coach Tang talked about in the media session today was too many ticky-tack fouls. Yeah, uh, got to play defense in a little bit better stance with hands and with you know with with close. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here some, but uh, they can be better. But they've made certainly a, a lot of strides from where they were in the beginning of the year with with so many new faces. Well, what has bothered me, especially with the Baylor game, was just all the and ones they were getting. Yeah, especially in that first half, and just you know the light fouls, and then if you're going to foul them and they're at the hoop, you foul them. You know, don't let them score so easily, and then they get to the free throw line for three point plays, especially when Baylor wasn't hitting threes earlier in the game. They were getting them back and staying in the game because of they're picking up fouls. They're going to the free throw line, and the momentum changed after Casey was up about like eight or nine points. Early yeah, on. yeah, and Flo Thamba is an example is not a real scoring threat at the five for Baylor, and yet had his best scoring game of the year with fourteen points, and he was six. He's a forty nine percent foul shooter and went six for eight to augment your point. I mean, they gave up some and ones there. Uh, there were other guys, of course. Uh, I think Keontae probably had a couple. I mean, he was twelve of sixteen at the free throw line. Keontae George, wow, what a good looking freshman he is, by the way. My goodness, yeah, yeah. Now, I, before we take a break here, coming up in a few moments, we're going to hear from both Ish Masood and Marquise Noel. Um, first of all, everybody knows that I think Marquise Noel is the best player in the Big 12. Keontae Johnson, him and um, Marquise combined. West Virginia, they combined for 41. Texas, they combined for 64. And they combined for 56 against, uh, against Baylor. You're talking about, I, I think you got the, the best combo right there in the Big 12. Pretty good stretch, isn't Especially it? to start. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For Ish Masood, um, it, it was brought up at today's media gathering. You know, maybe he's playing because um, uh, David Gasson is out with an injury. Coach Tang shot that down. It's like, no, it's because he's he's pruned himself in practice. He's getting better. He's getting more minutes. He had, he had three threes, but I, I I was so first of all so happy that the shot went in. His three pointer in overtime went in because Casey got the lead. Yep. But especially from him, I mean, he with the fan base, he's been the punching bag. Um, 
it seems like that he just he gets the one he's the one that gets the most heat because he's not playing the best minutes. Maybe sometimes he makes a bad decision with the basketball and he and, you know throws it out of bounds or something and um, just doesn't seem like the best player at, at times. But hitting that shot, I'm so glad he had that moment. Maybe that's the thing that gets him over the hump and he starts earning more minutes and he plays more consistently. But I I think he having that Rodney Magruder type of moment. I know it wasn't at the buzzer, but if he would have missed that, I I can't imagine what it would have been like on social media for him and also for his confidence. Um, and he doesn't seem like a guy that ever lacks in confidence. But if you were to miss that shot, there's a chance K-State loses the game. Well, let's go back in time just a little bit. I want to make a couple of points as you, as you talk about Ish here. If you go back uh, a few games prior to conference play against Nebraska, Ish didn't play. No, he didn't. Against Radford, he played four minutes and 33 seconds. At that particular time, I believe he was probably challenged uh, by this staff. And to his credit, he's done a lot of things different slash better since that time. Ish is not the world's best athlete at his size. So he really has to play hard. He can shoot the ball. He can. He, can. he, he has strengths. He's got, I'm not saying he doesn't, but he's not at the top end of this group defensively. He, but he, he can be serviceable if he plays with the passion that he brought to the floor with Texas and, and Baylor, okay? Then now early in the year where he's getting some three-point looks and he's missing, now he's starting to make those. There's more confidence there. Some of that is is he's stepping into better shots now because K-State is better with just understanding what they're doing and how they're doing it. So there's a lot of things in this formula. But I think I love guys that, that you know go through some adversity and come out on the other side after being challenged and do well. It shows me that there's some toughness there. And let's hope that he can keep that going because even if he's a 12-, 15-minute guy um, with his ability to shoot the ball with open looks, uh, he, he can be a valuable piece. I mean, that was just his second double-digit scoring game this year, Baylor, and then the first game of the year against UTRGV where he scored 10 points. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, I'll go back to your point. He's not a bad shooter. He, shooting 39% from three. That's right. It's pretty good. You know, he, he's got a role. He certainly has a role. Um, it, it's it, not different so much, I guess, the other point that I was going to make and didn't, and, and you, when you said that, it triggered another thought with Tyke. I really respect Tyke Green, too, because he's not necessarily getting the minutes he wants, but you don't see any pouting from him no. at all. I mean, he when you put him in there, if he's in there for four minutes fine or 15 minutes whatever, or anything in between, he's going to give you what he's got in the tank, right? And that, that's where I'm saying that I think Ish has caught up a little bit where his effort is, is enough better that it's really made you know. A, He's made strides. It's been a difference. Well, in case they needs his depth, yeah. a- absolutely needs him to be a depth guy. And we saw, you know, closing what was it closing the half against Baylor, where K State struggled. And they gave up some points, and what their what their lead was was almost double digits. It yeah. diminished, and that was because you didn't have Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson on the floor. Yeah. It takes, you know, I think Coach Tang. I don't want to speak for him in any way, shape, or form, but I think he would like to have a rotation of about nine guys for the most part. Absolutely. And right now, K-State is playing so well, even without David Gasson, 
who was injured the day before the West Virginia game. And he's he's probably not going to play tomorrow night for sure, and I don't know how much longer it will be, honestly. I, I don't know that. But the point is, is Bebe was kind of the starting center you know, to start the year, then he has the foot injury. Mm-hmm. You insert David and look what he does, and now it's kind of flipped where David gets hurt and now Bebe has come back. Together, um, you know, if you have both of those guys healthy at the same time, it just makes you stronger and better. And there you go. There's another guy into that, that grouping uh, that that really can help you in some of these harder, tough games because, <laughs> you know, Keontae played 37 minutes and 50 seconds in the game at, at Texas the other night, and um, Marquise was at 38-29. So that that's heavy-duty minutes. They they need an occasional blow if, if, if at all possible. Yeah, Marquise Noel uh, in Big 12 play so far is averaging 42 minutes a game. <laughs> or 41. Four, I think it's 41 minutes a game. Yeah, that's uh, – that's he, one more minute than a regulation game, if for well, those who don't know that. I mean, without him, huh. boy, I, I don't know. But he, he, he is in every Big 12 game so far, he's played it every minute but two in each game. Yeah, it's nuts. 38 or 43. That's what he's playing right now. Uh, when we come back here on Wildcat Insider, let's hear from Marquise Noel and uh, Ish Masu. They had a little joint press conference with the media uh, about an uh, hour and a half ago. We'll hear that next. to hear from uh, Ish and Marquise Noel, each representing Harlem, New York. One of uh, one of th- uh, two of three, two of three from this team that is from uh, Harlem, New York. Um, who am I? Uh, oh, Naquan Tomlin. There uh-huh. we go. Just took a minute. They're all from different neighborhoods, right? In Harlem, New York. I find that's why I, during the uh, the starting lineups, I went to all of them at uh, or before the season. I was like. Listen, I, I need to know. I actually did it last year with with Keese. It's like what, what exactly what part of Harlem? Because I know like so Harlem, you know Brooklyn, Queens, like all those big neighborhoods. They all have their own little uh, smaller neighborhoods. Yeah, Tyke, by the way is from Queens too. Queens, yeah. So there's That's there's right. another guy. Well, he's one I didn't get to talk to. He also doesn't start. Right. But if he were to, I would like to ask him what part of Queens are you from? Sure. You're from Astoria? Where where exactly? I'd love to know. Uh, anyway, you'll get your chance. We got a lot of basketball to go. He's he's certainly I feel like an up and comer. A <laughs> uh, long way for him to go, but uh, I think he could be great for sure. He's a good role player as well. Um, uh, what was he going to get to? Uh, well, we're going to hear from them here in just a little bit. Here's what I wanted to get to. So, Marquis Noel, through three games in Big Twelve play, he's playing his best basketball right now. Ninety-one points. That's thirty point three a game. That's first in the Big Twelve. He's shooting 51.1%. That's six in the Big 12. His field goal percentage, 50%. He's 11 of 22. That's third in the Big 12. 33 assists. Assist to turnover ratio is 4.1. 10 steals. Those three stats are first in the Big 12. And here's another one for you. He did miss the, the the last late free throw the other night. Oh yeah, the streak. He had, he had had 29 straight makes. Yeah, he and he and Emily Ebert from women's basketball each had a, a lengthy field goal, a consecutive free throw make streak. That's right. I don't know where K State's record is, 
but I know Emily Eber, she tied the record. Is that right? Tied the all-time record for consecutive free throw makes. Well, K-State's had a lot of good men's basketball players that, that, yeah. that are really terrific free throw shooters. Uh, but but Keese, I mean, I can sit here and look at my chart and tell you, for his career, he's an 86% free throw shooter. Probably going to fall a little short of maybe a Steve Henson and a Lon Kruger or what have you, but he's probably in the upper 10% or so. <laughs> 86 is pretty good. And by the way, for the first time in program history, K-State swept the weekly Big 12 honors uh, with, with Marquise being named uh, Player of the Week and... Uh, Keontae Johnson, Newcomer of the Week. Yeah, Keontae really, not that this is what's important or what matters, but Marquise has been so good, he's overshadowed how good over the last couple of two or three games that, that um, I'm sorry, Keontae has been. He's just been crazy good, man. Really, really, really good. And he, so many people are starting to ask about him, you know, in terms of his hands and his strength and his ability to make multiple shots and you know, this has just been a fun team to be around to watch them grow and learn and, and they're still growing and learning that's that's mm-hmm. one of the exciting parts we were talking off air a moment ago about one of the really cool things for me sitting there courtside calling the game the other night was as almost always this year Keontae takes the ball out of bounds on the baseline on the side too, but certainly on the baseline OBs. Okay, and the other night he doesn't. You're thinking, why are they doing this? And the next thing you know, he's standing wide open underneath the basket and gets a layup off the inbounds pass. So they're well coached too. That's that's part of it. And those guys, I think Coach Tang would be the first to tell you that he's got a great staff. He lets them coach, um, and uh, he's been really really excited about you know the scouts, if you will, of of these teams. Um, at the league so far, I mean, he he, he was really pumped up about that uh, as we were talking coming back after the game the other night. Let's get into uh, Ishma Sood and Marquise Noel, who spoke to the media earlier today. I haven't heard this yet, so I'm hearing it for the first time. If you are as well, so hopefully you may learn a thing or two about these two gentlemen. But it started off with the media earlier today at the ice, which, by the way, we brought up the uh, foot injuries with the bigs. It's time to strip that floor out and put it somewhere else in. <laughs> it's time. I'm serious. It's so, new coach, new staff, new everything except for that new basketball training facility floor. It's got to be something about the floor, isn't it? Well, I I don't know that. That's why I'm hesitating. I don't know either. But here, I'm just but, you know. But yeah, we we <laughs> in the last few years there have been a few foot injuries. There's no doubt about that. Uh, as a common issue, foot injuries for really it could be anybody, but it seems like with the bigs, it's always something with the feet. Uh, anyway, all right, let's get to uh, Ish and Marquise Noel. Ish was asked the first question about you know what's different about his game for this season compared to last season. Biggest change I'd say is you know um, obviously opportunity is different. David obviously getting hurt. Uh, you don't ever want to see that, but just like Coach Tank says, it happens in basketball. Next man up. But I really just say, you know, uh, everyone um, everyone learns and develops at their own pace. So in the beginning of the year, I, I was trying to do what the coaches asked me to do and stuff like that. And um, uh, I guess now it's starting to click. And so now I'm starting to play a lot more because they see me doing a lot of stuff they want me to do. So it, it, it clicked for me now. So I'll say that. He's shooting the ball like at this point, like you know you can. I mean, your mates, I don't think you're making something. 
Nah, that was crazy. I, I even was like, wow, the net didn't move. I was, I was a little impressed with myself a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have ultimate confidence in my shot and playing with guys like Keith and uh, Keontae, you just get open shots because their defenses have to dial in on them. So I just got to do my part and knock down the shots. How do you feel like the execution has been in the last five minutes of regulation? I feel like it's been good. Um, you know, we have a really good coaching staff who, who knows how to draw up X's and O's. And we do a, a good job of trusting in each other on the court. And, you know, just whatever man is open or whatever man is hot, we try to get them the ball as, as much as possible. And in these last two games, it's just been showing. So. Marquise, is there a moment uh, when you either look back at the stats or even during the game where you kind of think to yourself, like, man, I'm on fire right now? Or when you hear, you know, that nobody else has done that in two games experience for Trey Young and, and John Moran, is there a moment where you're like, holy crap? Um, no, I just try to stay in the moment. Um, I try not to get too high, get too low. I try to focus on whatever it is that I need to focus on. Um, so I never look at, you know, my stats. I don't look at the scoreboard. I try not to look at the scoreboard. But, uh, yeah, I just I just focus on, you know, what's that task and try to stay in the moment and, you know, everything else will figure itself out. Has there been a response from Harlem regarding your national player of the week honor? Uh, it's been a lot of love. You know, from everywhere, uh, I appreciate the love. You know, it's it's a blessing to see. You know what hard work and faith does, but you know it's we got Oklahoma State next, and that's my focus. For the both of you guys, um, aside from a basketball perspective, what's the biggest difference um, in the building and the apartments being on the team this year in comparison to the past seasons? Uh, I'll say just for one, just to live in a space, you know, something they really emphasized was just having us live right here so that for not in class or anything, the gym is right here. We could walk right to the gym and just being around each other in the same apartments, all of us together, and just always being able to come to the gym whenever we want. Having a, just have that walking distance is, is a dream come true, I would say. Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> um, Coach said that really with your play the last couple of games, you've kind of now, he said, told on yourself. He's hmm. or, or set the bar hmm. higher. Do you feel like like that's something that, that you can build off of now the, the last couple of games? Not for sure. I remember um, after we just uh, won uh, at Texas, it was the first practice after the off day when we were uh, preparing for Baylor and he was warming up. Coach Tang was telling me, uh, you sh- like like basically what you were saying that you know you showed what you could do. Now it's time to keep 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 elevating, keep taking it to the next level, and that's what I what I'm trying to do and what I hope to uh, continue to do the rest of the season is just keep building on the last game uh, as we keep going by. And what do you see your role as now? Uh, you know, uh, defensively, just being able to communicate, switch one through five, help these guys with coverages and stuff like that. Uh, last couple games, I've been taking some charges, so trying to get in there and take some charges and offensively, you know, spacing the floor. Uh, making it open for guys like Keith, Nay, Keontae, and then when the ball comes to me, able to make plays and make shots. So that's what I see myself doing. Yes, how do you summarize the road you traveled from the last year? You never know uh, how things are going to go, and you can never plan. You can always plan the best you can, but you, like people say, you know, uh, God has his own plan for you and his, for his own plan for everybody. So for me, I just try and take it one day at a time and just try and find myself uh, what can I do to get better and just keep having faith in myself. I have faith in my teammates, I have faith in my coaches that, you know, um, if I do what I can control, then things will work out for the best. So that's just what I try to do. What's your feeling again on this team? You've seen the last year, Marquise, and this year, Marquise. How incredible is it to watch how much better he's been? See, the thing is, you guys, uh, like, of course, Keith got a lot better, but Keith's been this to me. Like, he's been this player, so it's just situation and opportunity. 
Uh, so for me, it's like he's just doing what I know he could have been doing this whole time and what he's shown he's, he's done since I've known him. So, of course, he got a lot better, but nothing really – no, I can't say nothing surprised me because there's sometimes in the game like, yo, that's impressive even for Keith. But, I mean, it's just – it's amazing to see, uh, you know, all of this to come true, especially where we come – to come from where we come from, to see him on the national stage doing what he's doing. And there's still more levels he could take it to, which I know he will. Do you feel like things go in slow motion for you right now, Keys? Yeah, I feel like the game is more slower. Uh, I, I'm starting to see things at a you know slower pace, which is making you know the game easier. Um, but we have a lot of threats on the floor, like Keontae, Ish, Naquan. So you know teams have to pick their poison um, with us, and you know I try to do the best I can to facilitate and get these guys open. And whenever I have, you know, my opportunities, I try to take them as much as possible. Marquise, you were a leader on last year's team. What's the biggest difference um, for you guys in terms of just culture-wise from what you experienced in the past compared to this season? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, K-State has a, has a culture of just, you know, winning and playing tough. And, you know, when Coach Tang came in here, he tried to implement, you know, a winning mindset. Um, he tried to implement, you know, uh, going one and zero each and every day, and you know, since the summertime, that's been our motto, and it's been it's been like that ever since. And you know, the guys are starting to see the the production from going one and zero and everything you're doing, and it's just y'all just starting to see it now. But we have new levels and new altitudes that we could go. Um, I feel like we are just starting to get to show y'all, uh, but. We have a lot of things that that we need to accomplish and will accomplish. What were your thoughts about about finally getting getting ranked? It's funny because you know I don't think like we we had a good reaction, um, but it wasn't like you know we we are done. Like we wanted to to keep going. We want this to keep going. Like being ranked doesn't really do much, but you know do stuff for the fans. For us, it's about winning a Big Twelve uh, championship. It's about getting to the national. Uh, tournament, the NCAA tournament, and it's about winning that. So uh, being ranked is cool and everything, but, you know, we, we want to take this to new levels. There you have it. Ish Masood and Marquise Noel. It's really solid seven minutes from that. That was a great press conference, especially that last question. I loved hearing that from uh, Marquise Noel. Like, the rankings, I guess, are for us. Like, that feels like finally <laughs> respected, but the team's like, yeah, we want way bigger things than that. It's just a, it's just a number. Yeah, I think I think that's what Coach Tang talked about, too, at his press conference prior to those guys meeting with the media. I was there for Coach Tang but had to make my way over here for the show and miss those two guys. It was great hearing some of the things that they said. You can just hear the confidence of Marquise. And then with Ish, I think you hear that he feels like he's made vast improvement, which we kind of talk, touched on a little earlier uh, not too long ago, but a little earlier in the show. and But but what he said about Marquise and the job that he is doing, I, I think that's that's hammer right on the on the head of the nail. I mean, he, he ripped it. Um, Marquise is, is his decision-making, his shot-taking, his defense, leadership, toughness, all of those things, I think, have all taken a, a pretty gigantic step forward, even from – you know, the first part of this season. I'm actually going to play another uh, clip here. I'm going to play a drum tank clip because Troy Coverdale did us a solid today and went to the press conference and got this audio for us. But he also uh, included this uh, this clip here of 
Coach Tang talking about now uh, it seems like the Cats are now the hunted uh, in the Big 12. Our last three games, we played against a team with a number next to their name. I didn't have to, like, do anything to get our guys motivated for those games, right? And now we're going to be the team with the number next to our name, and the team we go against, they're not going to have to do anything to get their guys focused and motivated for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely I think this K-State right. team is still going to be motivated because uh, it sounds like uh, Bramlage Coliseum is going to be packed tomorrow uh, when the Cowboys are in town. Yeah, it, it will be. Um, I don't think they're too far away from maybe, what, 50, 100 tickets remaining or such a matter. I don't know that for certain, but it, it, they're starting to dwindle down, which is awesome. Well, let's see here. I, 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 you reminded me I was going to look that up, and <laughs> now I can because I had it here. I, I could probably count it up here. All right, so there are three sections in Bramlage that still have tickets available. Let me. I'm, I'm going to count them up right now. I'm going to figure this out here because okay. let's see, four, seven. So there's 13 there in one section. Let's go over to another one here. 14, 18. There's 22 in another section. Like that's total. Okay. And then it looks okay. So according to K State's chart, which it's it's a seating chart. Like you could click on the individual section. You can click on the individual seat. Twenty three seats are left. Twenty three. Okay. Total. This is going to be a sellout. We're going to have a sellout <laughs> tomorrow in Bramlage Coliseum. So. The only uh, the only thing there is the only uh, thing I think is left to say is if you have tickets and you can't go, find somebody that can. These days you can, uh, you know, there's that KSA Sports app, and if you have your tickets that you you know you got online or whatever, and you got the link, you're supposed to print them out or whatever, or you just scan your phone, you can easily transfer them to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, now I'm being told, uh, I just got a text uh, okay. that that says there are less than two hundred. Okay. <laughs> Now, I don't know wh- where you're getting that information. This is the KSASports.com website. Okay. But but there are some tickets available is the point. So mm. um, call tomorrow morning. Yeah. Games tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Um, it would be awesome to have – I mean, we're going to have a great crowd anyway, but if we, could, if we could finish that off and sell it out, that would be so cool. Because uh, these guys, as Coach Tang has said, these aren't my words. The, the, these guys deserve it, and and he's he's right. Well, the three games are sold out. Yeah, that means there are still five more. Yeah, to be sold out. Us, uh, well, six, including Florida. Yeah, yeah. So lots of good basketball coming, but get those tickets right. I mean, they're going to go pretty quickly. There, there are some really really fun games coming up at Bramlage uh, everywhere, but 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 certainly the home season. The rest of the way, and I mean, conference, Big Twelve conference basketball is awesome anyway. So, hope to see you there. Let's do it. Yeah, and, and of course, a week from tomorrow is the KU game. Yeah, in Bramlage Coliseum, and then two weeks after that would be the uh, road trip to Allen Fieldhouse. So, yeah, like I said earlier, I felt like looking at the schedule. It feels like it's front loaded. Like the toughest, you know, road trips uh, would be. Front half, second half, maybe a little bit easier, but there's no easy games in the Big 12. This, I was going to say. We, we were saying earlier, this is the <laughs> toughest conference in college basketball. You will earn it game in and game out if you can get the dubs. 
All right, when we come back, speaking of the Big 12 and the next opponents for the Cats, uh, Wyatt will give us a few thoughts about not only the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys, but a road trip to TCU this Saturday up next. Final time, welcome back here to Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner and the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Wyatt, I don't know if you saw this or not, but there's some breaking news about yourself. Did you hear about it? <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've, I've, I've known for a few days. They think they oh, okay. released it today, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you, yeah. You, you know, uh, I got this news from Troy Coverdale. just announced that uh, Wyatt Thompson has won the NMSA Kansas Sportscaster of the Year. So congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm very thrilled by it. I've uh, been very fortunate over the years to, to win this thing a few times, and uh, it's exciting. It, it never a gets few. old. I think you've won it like seven straight years. <laughs> no, not quite that good. Not quite. But, but I, I appreciate that. It, it's, uh, I want to also say congratulations to my friend and, and colleague at Oklahoma State, Dave Hunziker, who was the Oklahoma winner. He's an awesome man and uh, excited for him, too. Well, I'm excited for tomorrow and Saturday, and really, quite honest with you, the way uh, I can't wait to see how this season plays out here. But one game at a time, and up next is the Oklahoma State Cowboys, Bramblage Coliseum. The Cats are back at home for a six o'clock tip off, which means network coverage, of course, will begin here on KMN at five, and uh, also televised on ESPNU. Yes, finally, uh, don't have to stream it. You can get it actually on your television through a. Uh, non-streaming well I guess everybody's just about streaming these days anyway what I'm getting to is regular television yeah regular television (laughs) sure Uh, the Cowboys are 9-6 1-2 in Big 12 play the Cats are 14-1 number 11 in the country 3-0 to start conference play first time in a decade I I guess what I get from uh, Oklahoma State they're a Probably a better defensive team than they are offensively, led by one of their big guys in Musa Cisse. Yeah, and Musa did not play against Texas Saturday in a home loss for them. Low-scoring game, too, by the way, 56-46. Not sure what his availability will be for tomorrow. They started Tyreek Smith, the former Red Raider, in his stead, and, and he did not necessarily play all that well, but did not score, but only took two shots. But this is a team that even – think about this for a second. Even without Musa Cisse the other day, they had 12 blocks against Texas. So what that tells you is is they are a good defensive team. They have a shot-blocking trio of guys with Caleb Boone, Musa Cisse, and, and Tyreek Smith. And they're dangerous enough with the guards with the athleticism that I, I think they are a good defensive team. They're only giving up 61.5 points a game. Opponents shooting – now think about this. Opponents are only shooting 36%, 28% from three. Yep. So Bryce Thompson, will he be on the all-defensive team? Maybe not, but he's decent. John Michael Wright, Avery Anderson's a really good athlete at the point. And um, they've got Chris Harris coming off the bench. I'm anxious to, to see Caleb Asbury, who's a transfer from Texas State, who's helped them a lot, 36% three-point shooter. So... They've struggled off and on a little bit, but a really good defensive team. And it'll challenge K-State, I think. Yeah, even in Big 12 play, you brought up you know the, how teams are shooting against them. Still in the small sample size, everybody's played three games. They're still the only team in the conference that have held teams below 40% from the field. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been a little bit above 40%. Yep. Oklahoma State against Big 12 teams, 38%. That's from the floor as a whole. That's a very good number. Meanwhile, TCU is the road trip on Saturday. This one does worry me a little bit. Oh, for sure. And it should. Um, They lost at home the other night 
for the for just the second time this year. The other one was early. They had some guys out, uh, but but this one was Iowa State, and and Iowa State hit a three pointer uh, with like one point three seconds to go from yep. Gabe Kalsher to win the ball game, sixty nine sixty seven. And and uh, but but as we've said, TCU they've got all five starters back from a team that was really really good and playing their best basketball last March. You might remember that loss to to Arizona. It was somewhat controversial. And then Arizona went on to the, you know, a very deep run. This was a sweet 16 kind of team and they've got everybody back and a couple of pretty quality pieces off the bench. So this will be a real battle at Schulmeyer Arena on Saturday, I'm sure. I'm surprised Eddie Lampkin scoring 7.5 points per game. I thought that's still not pretty good. He's it's still I should say is pretty good. He's yeah. averaging seven and seven. I thought he looked so impressive in the NCAA tournament when TCU made their little run. He, he seemed just so much improved from when K State played them last last year to getting to the NCAA tournament. I call him Eddie Small Calves Lampkin. They don't really, uh, but he's he's pretty good with his feet. Well, l- let me back up and and also say, <clears throat> pardon me. Caleb Boone at Oklahoma State, Coach Tang called him today one of the most improved players in the league. Eddie Lampkin would also probably be that. He has gone from about 330 pounds when he first arrived on campus yeah. to 268 at 611. And he's a good, he may have the smaller calves, but he can get up and down the floor now. He's a good athlete. They don't exist. All right, Wyatt, really quick. Who do you have, national championship, Georgia or TCU? Well, I'm fearful Georgia's probably the overall better team, and I'm fearful that Kendra Miller. I know he's not going to play tonight. That's a factor. Mm-hmm. But if TCU plays at optimum level, they'll fight him and give him a game. I think they got a shot. 13 and a half points is a lot. That's how much Georgia is favored by. I am going to take the Bulldogs. Will they cover? If, if, if TCU doesn't have Kendry Miller, I do fear that. I think I might have to take the Bulldogs to cover. That's going to do it for Wildcat Insider. For Trey, Wyatt, I'm Mitch. We're out. Go Cats. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.